Welcome everyone to Verified Podcast Series, Sexuality and Next Culture. It's uh, an attempt to share um, and research in live in a live group about different topics and the series of sexuality and next culture. The topic is going to be sexuality. And we did this work through the filters of, of the distinctions of radical responsibility and possibility management. So I, I welcome everyone, every question. And, and this is mostly um, a conversation for discovery and a practice space. So we're all going to at least one time do a practice together to, to just really discover this um, as a group. So I welcome everyone. Hello. First of all, do you have any question? Did you come here with a question? Well, yeah, the question that arises is what makes sexuality in next culture distinct from overall sexuality? Because like, I, I hear like from other spaces, there's like sex positive spaces and it seems like they're also doing their research and yeah. So that is one question I bring into the space. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that. Any, any more questions? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say all the questions that I've got and then I don't mm -hmm. promise to answer all questions in one session, but it's in the space. I'm relatively new to possibility management and as I'm living in a project which is has sexuality um, and the humanization of sexuality in the focus it's for me very interesting how is possibility management thinking about it yeah so I have not a particular question but just full curiosity Thank you. And uh, I got a, also a question from the house that I, I live in, which is, you know, what is, why are, what is happening that people in the world are in scarcity of sexuality? And so, and to unfold that topic. One, one question, which is how to, or, what is the distinction that you make between sexuality and sexual energy? So that I'm somehow for this conversation, there's, a, there's like a difference there somehow. Can we, can we start? I'd like to start there and then add some things about the other questions. What, what, what is your experience so far in, in this distinction? What have you discovered so far? Yeah. Um, so as I, you know, I've, I've been contexted or, you know, have, have made a decision for the last two years to, to, to journey into this radical responsibility. And one of the things that I have recognized now kind of, shifting into a new version or the next version of, of my work is that I really put my sexual energy away. Like I, it was, it, 
somehow I felt very dim in that in that respect like just that there was like this this seriousness and you gotta you know show up in this way and um that it almost came this training came at the expense or at, at a cost of putting that away for for a while and for me this sexual energy is like this vibrance and this aliveness and sexuality is then the the somehow the applic the application of that you know this there's there's the 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 being of it which you know i'm discovering this answer right now as i talk about it the sexual energy is the being of it and then the sexuality is like the application of it like the doing of it thank you this is in a way similar you know the distinction between sexuality and sexual energy and mm, to go back into the context of possibility management. So possibility management is a, is a field, as a field of research with practical distinctions, practical use of experiential distinctions in radical responsibility. The, for me, this, this sexual energy is also a life energy. It's a life energy that is not necessarily erotic energy or um, sex, uh, and sex also is like, what is sex in different contexts? Sex is very different. Yeah? So in the context of pornography, sex is um, a profession. Uh, in the context of um, Tantra, sex is, is a, whole, a whole world. Uh, it's not penetration. It comes even when someone decides to, to engage in some kind of sexual, energetic sexual exchange. And so it really depends on the context that you're in and what you're defining as sex. And so I would make personally, I would make this, this a similar distinction between sexual energy, which is life energy, life energy, the same life energy that we have from um, when a seed sprouts, you know, it is, it's transforming as it changes shape and, and bursts through the, the soil to get sunlight, you know, that there's, there's, life energy in that seed to turn into a plant. The same thing I, I define sexual energy is this life energy inside each single being actually, uh, and particularly in human beings, um, this aliveness, it's part of being alive. And as we have in possibility management distinguished at least for like a few inner resources, one four of them being the four basic feelings, anger, sadness, fear, and joy, or we have distinguished uh, the box, which is a survival mechanistic strategy from our being. There's another inner resource that we have that is this life energy, this sexual life energy, which is, I, um, I think is part of our being. And it is, it, uh, my sense is that it comes into life like through the bodies, just like our being dresses um, dresses the five bodies as a glove, the physical body, the energetic body, the emotional body, the intellectual body, and their archetypal. And so it's in that contact, in that in the in the interface of our being with this with these bodies that the sexual energy really, really comes alive. 
And then sexuality would be exactly this application, application of the energy. Uh, is it towards, and, and, then, and then the question is, what is this purpose? What, what we want to make the purpose of sexuality? Is it to feed our bodies? Uh, is it to create something that has never been created before? Is it to serve a purpose of an archetypal lineage? All of these mm, purposes are equally valid. None is better or worse or good or bad. And then, and then it really, it, one of the things that I love about this, this theme is that it is just so rich in what we could talk about sexual energy as we could talk about relationship or what is the purpose of this communication right now? Because it is really about what you are dedicating yourself to apply this energy that will create a certain, a certain result. So a lot of people use sexual energy and sexuality towards healing, healing of sexual wounding, uh, healing of communication, relationship. A lot of people use sexuality and, and sexual energy for research, uh, for, um, for pleasure, for ecstasy. And, and so this, the sex positivity have and have this very much um, taking a stand, this context of taking a stand for that sexuality is a much more broadly talked about on a scene and, and, and it's, it's a, in a way it's a healing path about, you know, in, in reaction or in response, depending on who you're talking with, in response to the patriarchal modern culture that we have that has been constricting sexuality and sexual energy into a really, really small, small box. So possibility management doesn't, it's not a moralistic system, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a field of distinctions. And so really it doesn't, I, I'm not here to tell you this sexuality is better or the sexuality next culture is this way and everybody should do that. What I want to bring is research. Okay, what is it, sexuality, and and when it's coming from the child ego state, and what is the benefit of that, and what is what else is possible, or how can how can sexuality be a force for come make a group come together, or uh, or um, or uh, or create an archetypal uh, relationship. I, I don't know. And so, but I want to use these, these distinctions to, to find out, to find out what other ways of radical responsibility we can use sexual energy and, and creation. And so this thing that you said, can I use your name? Yes, Jeff. Thank you. The thing that you said, Jeff, about in the first years you it seemed like you had to dim and it, you had to put away part of your sexual energy in order to, to integrate these distinctions and, and, and live the context of possibility management and, and radical responsibility. I, for me, I did a similar thing in a, as a conscious experiment. And I, I talked at length about this in the first and second episode uh, and but what I want to say is that what I did, or what this experiment that I did, was 
to bring what was unconscious into consciousness. And I think this is maybe not so clear uh, in possible management, especially in the beginning, that it's, it's not about, okay, this energy is bad, just like gremlin. Gremlin isn't bad. But it's a, it's a force inside of us. It's an inner resource, just like gremlin is, that has been asleep, that, that we've been asleep to, that has been unconscious. And so if you put it on the table, then we can see what it's actually doing. And then we, we might choose. Let's continue doing this part. Let's not do that other part. So I could only do this when I went completely cold turkey to, to find out how much of my sexual energy was actually just for, so that I would feel safe. So that I would feel safe in a room full of men. So because I hadn't learned to use my voice, I hadn't learned to take a stand. I was hyper adaptive. And so the only power that I had was sexual power. The only power I had about, even amongst my, my friends, my men friends, was, was to use a little bit of sexual energy so that they would listen to what I say and, and, and try to, to look or sound smart to, to keep their attention. So it's total manipulation. And, and so part of my healing process was, you know, getting my, getting my voice back, getting my authority back, and then to stop using my sexual energy for these things. Now, I'd, I'd like to talk also about this, this question of, of scarcity of, of sexuality. Uh, and Chloe was, we were just talking in the, and Chloe Destromo, who's a, a colleague, we're just speak, talking at the breakfast table. And she said something like, what is this obsession or, or not obsession? Like why is, why is sex so valuable? Like why is in modern culture, why does sex sell so much? You know, every, almost every single um, advert poster for films, for music, it has some kind of sexual energy being exchanged, being um, commercialized. Why does that sell so much? And one idea that, that she had was, well, what if people are in scarcity? If people are in scarcity of sex, then they think they can buy this product and get this kind of sexuality or this kind of sexual energy. And so does this make sense for, for you? The, the, the scarcity of sex being related to how sex is so, is so used as a commodity in modern culture? Does this make sense? Okay. To me, it does, yeah. Yeah. And I, I had a little nod. Would you say, yeah? <laughs> I mean, I live in a different culture, like the um, outside, where, and I would say usually here is not such in a scarcity, and still it is just absolutely upfront. So the hotness or how to say yeah to being such a hot topic doesn't change yeah also if it's not scare scarcity mm. there's no scarcity so i think it's not only because of scarcity because but it's one of the most important thing it's the life energy the sexual drive the 
of the human being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's. Thank you. Yes, I think there's there's both. You know, we have so many inner resources. I mean, anger is one of our main. Um, also energetic resources without anger, without sadness, without fear, without joy, we also would not really be alive. The sexuality has a, you know, an even bigger uh, attraction, uh, even, even though also anger and sadness and fear and joy have, have produced a lot of ecstasy in the, in the physical bodies, in the emotional bodies. It doesn't, it doesn't come as a big forefront and and I uh, I think it's also that sexual energy can really permeate between bodies in a different way. It 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 can it can be present in anger, sadness, fear, and joy, and also other bodies. And so it's a it's a, a more basic energy, vital energy of, of the body, like you said. And there is this layer of scarcity that I want to address that in, in, there's, there's not so many distinctions in modern culture about sexuality. I mean, there's, there's just so much abuse. There's a lot of um, sex being used as an exchange or, or as a commodity. I'm not saying that it's good or bad, but it, what it does, it's, it limits possibility of what sexuality, of what sexual energy can be used for. I've, I work with so many, just really dozens of people every week uh, doing emotional healing processes and, um, and adult initiatory processes. And there's not one single person that I'm working with that has not suffered some kind of sexual abuse. And it could be physical abuse or energetic sexual abuse. And okay, physical abuse, it's a little bit more common knowledge. You know, one in every four women is not, has not been sexually abused. That's the average in the world. But also it happens in men. Uh, and this is only physical sexual abuse. When there's a no or there's um, a violation of a, of a boundary. But what about the energetic sexual abuse? This is so much more rampant. And it is because most adults do not carry the experiential distinction of sexual energy or even an energetic body. And so I, I speak a little bit more at length about sexual abuse and what it is in the first episode or the, what I call the episode zero. Uh, and so if you want to learn a little bit more about that, just please go ahead and listen. But the thing, one of the things is if people that I, that I think is that if people would know that the source of their own sexuality and the source of their own ecstasy and, and their own, uh, yeah, that their own liberation and sexual energy comes from them and not from others, then human relations would be much different and and this is where the the radical responsibility the what makes sexuality makes culture or impossibility management distinct from other contexts is that possibility management 
is centered around responsibility. And responsibility is not blame or burden. It's simply to be a source of creation of what happens in your life. So if I am the source of sexuality in the world, I am the source of, of sexual creation, it's a completely different um, orientation to have than I will get sexuality from others, or I need that perfume, or I need that sex with other person. I need that um, to have that lifestyle, to have to be, to have sexuality, to have a sexual um, like attraction. So it's a it's a completely different orientation, where the 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 attraction, the validation the need being met comes from outside or it comes from inside first and foremost. And this is a, a, a point of origin, a complete change of orientation in life. What if you were the source of ecstasy in the world, not just for yourself, but in the world, you were the source of sexual energy, of a creative sexual energy for abundance, for uh, connection, for intimacy. I see you, Marcus. For, um, for re regeneration of, of the earth. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, I hear you asking the question of what if that would be and and I wanted to bring in that this is what I sense it is in like when I when I when I get to the root of my own sexuality, then it is like it's inherent the 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 creation of abundance and also the, like this this overflow is just it's in, inherent. It is coming out of it and and by by basically owning it and giving it a space in myself, this is just what happens. And, and I can witness, basically. I can witness and hold, hold more space, but, but this is really what, what, what it feels like that sexual energy wants to do on its own in me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's do an experiment exactly about this, because I could say this is what sexual energy is about, or it's for, and then Maybe not you, but maybe some of people out there listening to the podcast just, okay, add a new belief in their box. And then that's, that's what sexuality is for. And then I should kind of conform to this or reject this. So instead, let's, let's try an experiment. This experience, it's more first foremost in the, in the physical body, because sexual energy in the physical body or sexual ecstasy or, or or sensual ecstasy in the physical body, a lot of people um, just have a very limited idea about what can happen. So this, this is to explore a little bit more. So you're all sitting in your rooms, I'm sitting in my room, and if you close your eyes and you sense your physical body, just sense the posture, the weight, the warmth, 
Don't try to change anything. Just as you are, even if there's a little pain, we start from where we are. And, and now with your intention, notice the already existing ecstasy that there is in your physical body. It could be the, the subtle ecstasy of, of feeling the air go in through your nose and filling your lungs. It could be the ecstasy of longing for food to enter your body. And, or the, that, the, the feeling of, of openness to food. It could be the ecstasy of, of the muscles supporting the the spine to be upright. Or, or a limb that is stretched, or a limb that is folded. be the ecstasy of feeling the saliva, the wetness of your own tongue. And, and now we move a little bit outward. Can you sense the ecstasy of being touched by the clothes on your skin? all around your chest and your back, around your legs, maybe even caressed by your hair, the hair in your body, the hair in your face, the hair in your head. open to the sensation of ecstasy about that. And now we move even a little bit further. What about the ecstasy of a movement? If you move an arm or a leg or, or your neck or your back, just slow or fast, follow the ecstasy of, that, of the physical body. Would it be stretching your back? Would it be stretching your fingers? Would it be tightening your fists? Would it be strong? a strong movement or a gentle one. 
Yeah. As you're opening, continue to move. And as you keep opening for the ecstasy, notice that your sexual energy is already present in all of this. This, this enjoyment of life, this enjoyment of having a body, a physical body that is awake, that is electric, that is alive. And yeah. And now, what if you with one hand touch your body, your physical body, your skin? And go slow, go slow so that you don't miss any of the delightful sexual energy ecstasy. Maybe with your fingertips or your whole hand. Touch a part of your skin. As the receiver. And then as the giver. Allow yourself really to just to, to let this, the sexual energy in you to, to really be there. And to enjoy and to harness the electricity. Stay in your body. Try not to go into your fantasy or, or an image. Just stay with it. the electrical sensation of right here, right now, in this contact. Just this. And actually how much there can be in this. Start slowing down, noticing how much of your body was activated, was 
what came alive, what parts of your body came alive. Coming alive. Breathe in to circulate that energy and let it expand and feed your whole body. And when you're ready, open your eyes as these kind of charged beings, charged up beings. I'd like some if you are willing to some sharing, what did you notice in yourself and in the space that, that you created? So first of all, I think we should add this to first position. It feels, it feels really alive. And also I was, what was really, what, what I was, playing with was switching between the giver and the receiver. That was like, I don't, there was like a glitch in my system on that. It was like, I, I, I would try to switch and then I would just start like going back and forth. It was, that was uh, definitely something I'm gonna experiment with more. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Did you notice the, the like the energy, the electricity, the aliveness of your body just kind of grow up. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's something I've been working with uh, quite a bit lately. So, and it's something that took has taken me a lot of time to really feel and to also direct. You know, I can feel where it goes and I can send it to different places and it's still very new and I still, there's still a lot of blocks in certain spots, but yeah. Hmm. What would you say was what you, one of the main tools or parts of you that you were using to do this process? Uh, it's, it was like, I was sending all of my attention to work to that, to the one spot where, I was, my body was in connection with itself. Yes. And that is it. For me, that's it. It's attention, conscious, focused attention. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say a little bit more about this, but I'd like to hear other people too. It, it felt really natural. Like this is my home. Or this is like how I'm supposed to feel, or this is how I maybe once felt when I was younger, always. And I noticed a fear, like, or like maybe shame or like sentences coming up when I, yeah, when I did this, like, I don't know. 
like what exactly it was, but something like you're not supposed to feel like this with the, with others or it will be I, I these images came up of just like when 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 there's a young child that is like open that it like that people go there and kind of suck it dry and yeah try to get this energy out of them thank you kim there's this is so important because without the distinctions of of energetic body and energetic body comes this this inner sense of mine theirs this this proprietary this this ownership that this is my personal space and that's not my personal space and without this distinctions without this experiential distinctions of, of energetic body and, and and personal space this is what happens people invade other people's spaces they eat their energy they eat their life energy the sexual energy and this these all these unconscious sexual energy exchanges there are that create in a child a huge confusion about their sexuality if their sexuality and their sexual energy is theirs or is theirs only in relationship to another or that only exists when it's in kind of frisson or is kind of engagement with others and and to have like a real a, a strong sense of self of this is where i end and this is where others begin and when there is no uh, adult around with these distinctions holding a, a space of no merging of no in um exchanging sexual energy with a child the child that is learning about their bodies not their only their physical body but also their energetic body starts noticing can kind of push against things and and get feedback no so for example i i i used to have a to to have a husband i used to be married and um, my my partner then is a is a a worker like a a wild uh wildlife biologist and he works with children in primary schools the in an organization in the north of Scotland and takes kids out of their school and brings them to the forest and gets them to learn about forest, about wildlife, about being in direct contact with the forest. And one of the things that he, he was very sensitive to energy um, and to ownership and to abuse. And so one of the things he would notice is that a lot of little girls particularly would come to him and, and try, um, try to exchange some kind of sexual energy with him. They would use what the, the, they usually use with other parents, probably their parents, but they're probably their father and other adults. This, what, what I now know is sexual energy completely unconsciously 
to 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 be accepted by the authority figure in the space, which would be um, my part my my partner then. And so he would energetically just keep contact, but keep his whole energy to himself, and and have a clear that he wouldn't even say no, don't hug me like this. He would just be this no for for having these kind of uh, ambiguous interactions, and and he would hold space for them. He would talk to them, and he would but he wouldn't move his energy into them and not receive. He would not receive their energy, but he would keep his eyes on his eye of um, this kind of regard as you are a child and I am going to protect you, not I'm going to adore you and shower you with my attention, not anything like this. I'm here as a guardian. And the, the children, I had never seen this before, but the little girls would just automatically shift into, oh, I, oh, so, so this is, this is clear. I'm not going to hug him and, and sit on his lap because that's what they wanted to do. No, I'm going to play and he is here to protect me. So he didn't even have to, don't touch me like this. No, I'm not, no, I'm not going to hug you. He would just with his energy. And what it means is that, and this is possible, that adults just keep their whole sexual energy for themselves, circulating, still alive, not blocking, not killing it, but still having their own sexual energy circulating in themselves without leaking out to other people, to children or to, to people that they don't want to. And, and if this exists, gosh, we will, we will help to raise children with such a clear awareness of their space, of their boundaries, of what they're available for, what they're not. So thank you. Thank you, Keen. Um, and if, does anyone have anything about what I just said? Yeah, this weekend I have I've mm -hmm. I've been at a at a dance um, festival kind of and and there was this moment where I was watching a mother and and her boy and and he bit her and there was this this little moment when when well, well when she said ow and she she it felt to me like she had the choice of making her boundary and and what I saw her doing instead was starting a flirt with him, like starting a mm. playful flirt. And and since you were just talking, I I sensed. Well, the, back then I become sad, became sad because I could just feel it so clear that this was kind of like an, a mesh or a, yeah, it was. I I could just feel and see this this boundary um, fading out of the space basically between both of them and and it was the first time I could see it so clearly and and definitely since I'm I'm walking with that distinction for myself of keeping energy or sharing or like yeah what that creates and yeah so that just went into resonance while I heard you what would happen to the child after the mother started doing this kind of flirting um, did you notice anything 
yeah the child entered is i mean also this kind of flirty energy and a play of can i bite you more or not and it was this um but i could see this this joy of of this how could i say It, it felt like it felt not like the pure child joy it felt really like this joy about power about it was about power like the joyful play about do how much power do i have against another person mm. Mm. thank you yeah it sounds like the the kid was learning about this learning about the effects of it yeah mm -hmm. I don't know exactly now. It's really complex. <clears throat> Because there was now when I was touching myself, I touched just so softly my hand. Yeah. And and somehow I came to the point also um if you as a child just sit there and you touch yourself and you just explore how it feels like being touched uh, by yourself, how this feels. And an adult would come by, pass by, would say, what are you doing? Don't you have something to do? Or are you selfish? Or are you playing with yourself? So we block this life energy. So, and now with the talk, what you started, um, If we, I don't know, I, I, I'm sure you didn't mean this, Vera, but I think it's a very thin line where we then also not acknowledge the inherent life energy and sexual energy of a really small child, how the boy plays at his penis or the girl with her vagina. And if we block there, yeah, And not acknowledge that there is a play, there is a contact, there is a no, I can see it with my cats, yeah, how they just they go in interaction, it's all a physical interaction, it's um, with their life energy. Yeah, I think it's a one really would need to open up for a whole new talk of what does this mean? Yeah, how to as an adult, as a um, the parents or accompanying people, adults um, give acknowledgement to the sexual energy and the play and and all what is the flow around it. Yeah, and not being in a in anybody's um in an abuse yeah, or denial yeah because mm -hmm. the denial is as horrible as the abuse i would almost say yeah so it's really big questions yes i mean angela is, is this is so that's why i said this this distinction like because people most people in the world do not even have the distinction of sexual energy and they need to To, to really recognize that there is sexual energy. There's, there's a whole purpose in, in modern culture, I would say mostly modern culture, that there is no distinction about sexual energy. There's only, because sexual energy cannot be proven in a way that it happened. You know, it cannot be, it's not like a whatever a couple catches you know a, a wife catches the husband in the bed with another man it's like a 
physical evidence kind of thing, but energy is more, it's a little, it's more subtle. And so it's so, it, this, this, and it stays invisible, unconscious. It, I really think it's by design so that a lot of irresponsibility can happen. So I'm, I'm totally with you that it, to, it needs to be acknowledged first that there is this energy, there is this sexuality, there is, and it is a natural part of our beings. And it's not good, it's not bad. It's, it's just like having an arm. The arm isn't good and the arm isn't bad. But I mean, if we don't acknowledge that it, that it is there, then we, we cannot use it. We cannot even use it for whatever we want. And if we repress people and tell them they're evil because they have a left arm, um, then it, it, also has, it also has consequences. So I'm um, saying that, that to have these distinctions would provide the distinction of energy, the energetic body, the sense of ownership, and initiated adults, to have initiated adults raising children instead of uninitiated adults would have no distinction on energetic body, not um, distinction about their power of creation and power of, of creation in the world and for their, for their children. Because it, it, does, it does take adults to raise other adults. And the, the issue, one of the issues that I see is that in modern culture, we have children raising children, children and bodies of adults raising children. That's not the case in, in the community in Tamara where you live, but it's more, um, it's more in the world. There, yeah. Not a lot of people have taken a stand for, for life or for responsibility. Yeah. And what an amazing thing it could be that, that we discover these distinctions, that we have sexual energy, and it's so powerful. I mean, we just did five minutes of conscious attention in our physical bodies, and so much has, hap has happened. What I saw, what I felt in myself, and then when I saw the space, I just saw so much love, love, like archetypal love happening, just happening, not being used as a, will I give you love? Will I receive love? Am I? No, just it was being generated, just like a, a seed sprout, just it was being generated. There was a lot of care. There was a lot of groundedness. I mean, and it was just five minutes of your attention. And, and one small layer, which was your skin and the physical body, and so much life was happening. Now, what my interest in this personally is, how can, how can I be more aware of what is happening, of the, the subtle and not so subtle effects of this sexual energy? And how can I harness it for whatever I want? Could be into making contact with another human being. And for me to make contact with another human being, I need to make contact with my being. You know, so this whole like dropping down, you know, Jeff, when you said this could be really part of the, 
of um, position, you know, first position, I, I agree this, this dropping down to the center into connecting to my being first. And I think it's a, a more subtle layer that it takes maybe a year of being in possibility management to, to really feel this necessity and, and really ground it. So I really, yeah, connect to my bodies. I am here. Yeah. yeah, there's a, as Marcus was sharing it, there's, there was like this deep discomfort in me about like um, deciding what a, an interaction outside of me is, is like, like I, I, I and I, and I, 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 I see what you're, what you're talking about, but I, I just have this there. Yeah. There's like so many questions. I mean, it was like to, 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 to like, to look at an interaction between a mother and a child and, and make a decision about, about it, like about this is, this is not healthy. This is healthy. This is, it's, you know, I think somehow it's related to what Angela, what, 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 what she was saying. It's like, how, how can, okay, like, the, this is where we are. There's children raising children. Okay, that, that's where we are, right? Ideally, there's adults raising children, but that's maybe not the case. It's like, how, how, how can it, can it just happen either way? And mm -hmm. the question comes because last night I watched this movie, this new movie came out called Come On, Come On with, with Joaquin Phoenix. And I was measuring for responsibility as I was watching. I was like really trying to measure, see it's like, okay, are they really? And then so he's basically take taking on his nephew that because his because his sister has to take care of some things. So he he takes he's taking care of his nephew. And what I saw was an adult really connecting with the child as a human, not as a child, and seeing how much adultness can emerge out of a child when they're treated like a human and not like a child, right? When they're treated like someone, another being, like someone that I can be curious about and that I can learn from. Mm -hmm. And then in, in the end of the movie, you know, he was the, the little boy is clearly really feeling a lot of anger. And Joaquin is like, okay, go just say what, you know, like be not okay with it. And that's was like the last bit of the movie. I was like, I was just so, it, it really lit me up about a different way of interacting with, with kids. Uh, yes. I mean, gosh, parents, especially mothers are so much the target of judgment from, from society, from, from so many people. And I remember when my sister was a mother, the amount of opinions that people had about how she should raise, she should do, she should act, she should not act. And it's just, it's so intense. And what I want to bring is that it's, this is not about what is the best, what is not the best, because like, like we said, you know, if we don't have initiated adults, if we have only children raising children, this is, this is the result that, that we have. This is what this is what we are creating as a, as a species on the planet. Mm. And so what can we, but we can create other things. 
And this is for me where responsibility is such a beautiful thing because it is to be at source. Okay. Okay. I don't want, I, I don't think any mother or any father really consciously wants to create um, sexual energy interaction with their kid. It's not, it's not a conscious thing. It's not a conscious thing. Okay. <clears throat> everybody has a gremlin for sure. And there's a lot of mothers that have children and, and, and kind of um, pass on their unfinished business with men to their sons. You know, a lot of mothers that raise men in patriarchy. So, and all, but all of this, it's not the conscious. It's not, it's not a conscious decision. Like I, I don't think any mother wants to create this. I wants to continue to create patriarchy. It's, but we do it because that's there are unconscious patterns because that's what we grew up with. That's what's familiar. And that's what we tend to repeat if we're not awake, alert, with, um, with an almost impeccable um, uh, oversight. You know, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, impeccable alertness. That's what I'm going to say right now. And, and it takes a, a quite a, a radical step. <laughs> to make that change and it's not i'm not expecting anyone who go okay this is wrong i'm going to change this thing because it, it for all these changes to happen with you know really experiencing the distinction of ecstasy in the physical body uh, okay ecstasy in the energetic body this takes time and takes emotional healing processes too because the mothers need to also go and the parents they also need to go through emotional healing processes so they can also see, gosh, this is what happened to me too. And I want to do something else and have a team, a community that supports them to experiment and do something else. And, and so for me, this is where, when I say sexuality next culture and what my intention of these podcasts are, is is research is research about what is possible to do because i already we already know that in, in a lot of ways some things that are happening that don't don't work don't create don't encourage radically responsible adults in the world but if we start having more distinctions hey oh gosh i didn't know that i that my sexual energy could be mixed with my son's energy. Or I didn't know that my, because I didn't know that. Not at the level that it was before I did this one year experiment. I, I was so, I had done years of Tantra. I had done 10 years of Tantric work in Finhorn. I had done lots of different workshops. And, um, and it wasn't until I, really went completely cold turkey that I realized how much subtle bids for intimacy were mixed with my sexuality, with my sexual energy in an unconscious way. I did not know that I was doing what I know that I was doing. And so what I want to bring here is clarity. How can we be the creators of our own sexual energy and and use them responsibly to create a a, a, 
an ecstatic, radically responsible culture? That is, that is my, my biggest question. And for me, one of the hints is, how can I create this? How can I be the creator of this abundance of, of, of intimacy in the world, of, of joy, of play in the world in a way that is that supports life instead of competing or hunting down people or mm, punishing people. Yeah. So one of the things that I want to leave because this is uh, Angela. Do you have something that you want to say? Because you no. Yeah. Okay. No, I. I was. It's really. I. I mean, there is so much longing. Yeah. Um, for example, as a mother, when you and you have it's such it's the most intimate situation you can have when you, for example, breastfeed your child. Yeah. And then if the longing, the sexual longing, is not fulfilled with your partner or with other wherever it's almost automatically that it will go there yeah. and it really what does it need and um, also that and there is then also archetypal I think connection it's meant mm -hmm. there yeah. and that it but that it stays really clean and um, yeah it's yeah. villages of conscious people adult people to raise child children. Yes. Yes, thank you. Kian, you had a you wanted to yes. say something too. What what somehow found its structure within me while listening or like what 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 formed in me is this it started with this um, looking for sexual energy like an advertisement or on Instagram or wherever like where it's really yeah where where people get attention through sending out sexual energy and I was checking within myself what is it within me that goes there that wants to look there and I notice it's this uh story or sensation that on the other side or in these people there's some kind of aliveness and freedom like freedom of expression of being themselves that I want to have more in my life and then I, I, I went on exploring within myself and it, I came to this that I have a like I have this sensation around my life force or just the, the force that pulls me to meet someone, to, to, to talk to someone. And there is something around it that blocks it in a way that says, you should not have these wishes. You should not want to be in this ecstasy or you're not allowed to have this ecstasy, something mm -hmm. like that. And it really feels like this, there's like this fun, like on a deep level, there's a fundamental block within myself to just follow this drive, this, this, like, I don't know, this basic drive. And mm -hmm. it feels, it feels related to this sexual energy. And 
and or the, yeah to my own sexual energy and my question is what are ways like is what is the place to okay there's another thing <clears throat> because it feels it feels like also there's just my wish for connection or like a part of my wish for connection is coming from there for being in a life connection with people for meeting people for celebrating also like also celebrating comes also from this drive in me mm. and what are practices that I can do or to like I, I, I got I got this practice it really it worked like it opened something in me and I became more the source of what I was looking for at the outcome but it's not always I'm not always looking for something there but I also have something to give sometimes here mm -hmm. that I'm not giving because I have this blockage around it so what are practices I could do or possibilities to practice unfolding that again yes yes so thank you Ken. well there are a couple of things um because this this impulse this impulse to meet someone to go and make establish contact can come from an, a huge amount of parts in, in oneself you know you can as someone and none of this i want to say this and i'm going to say this quite a few times throughout the whole podcast none of these parts are bad okay if you're coming from any of these parts it's not that it's bad just it is it shows where you are and if it shows where you are then if you want to change it you can if you don't want to change it it's not a problem because it's not bad so you can have you can have this impulse to make contact like you said kian because that person has something and you want to have that in your life But if you are identified with child ego state and gremlin ego state mostly also, then the orientation will be, I want to feed on that thing instead of I want to co-create with that, with them, for example. And, and so these are very different orientations. It's not bad. And most people in the world will, are in the learning process of how can I co-create they will be coming from the child ego state. They will be coming from gremlin ego state. And, and that's not bad. It's just, this is why researching, where is this coming from? Okay, I want to have this in my life. You have an impulse, go ahead, follow the impulse and see which part of you is, is, really, is really communicating from. This would be my experiment for you, Kian would be, okay, have this impulse, follow it. Follow it and test it. And, and not knowing what to say, uh, being maybe you just want to be around that person. Maybe you want to tell them something. Maybe you want to learn something. And while you're doing that, while you're, you're, test, you know, you're following your impulse, have a part of your attention in observing where your center goes. Does your center go to that person? Or does it stay with you? Are you content in being in the presence of that person and whatever is creating? Or are you having a, 
an expectation. You want something to happen and it's not happening to me. It's not happening for me. And so, and then there's a, an inner reaction. All of these things will tell you where this impulse is actually coming from. But what is important and also is that you don't stop experimenting so that, you know, what I've seen you, uh, Kian, is that you have a tendency to, I want to do it right, meaning I want to have the most conscious, adult, radically responsible um, intention, and then you don't move. You don't so much move. You, you wait until you have that perfect thing, and then you don't move. Well, learning does not happen in the, gosh, I'm going to say this. It's like radical. Learning does not happen in the classroom. It happens in real life. And so only when you are following that movement and you see the impulse and you see where that impulse takes you and what it creates, and then you can know where you are. Thank you, Angela. Angela. So go follow and then and then map. Okay, this was a move from this part of me. This was a move from that other part of me. And then and then come back. Okay. So this means that this part is at work. It needs something. You know, my child ego state needs something. Okay, I'm going to go to my decontamination coach and and see what how I can do this. Or my I'm coming from my emotions, from feelings that are not from right now but something for like emotional joy. I used to have this a lot when I was with partners. I wanted to recreate the joy that I had in the first two months or three months of our relationship. And I kept on bringing, relating from an emotional joy, from nostalgia, from the past. And it, it just didn't meet the person who I was in the present and who they were also. And so to, to start to, but what I would say to you, Kian, is first go, you know, first go and then take notes and then, and then tell us, I'd, I'd like to know. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. You're welcome. I'm also, mm, we're coming to the end of our, of our time. Um, it's usually, well, it has been an hour, but I think I'm going to start making it an hour and a half so that there's enough time for like grounding, for grounding the conversations. And I also want to say that one of the, the, the coolest basic steps that I found in learning about yourself, uh, uh, learning about myself and learning about my sexuality, um, what my needs are, was to start mapping to start noticing okay how do i how do i experience ecstasy on my physical body how do i experience ecstasy on my uh, energetic body on my intellectual body and and starting to list all these things that give me ecstasy that i don't usually associate with sexual energy and then starting to see there is sexual energy here there is sexual energy here and 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 and, to, and I started realizing that my body is so sensitive and my own old um, definition of sexuality was so limited that starting to map and starting to notice this sexual energy in me just really opened up 
opened up my world of what is what is really possible to experience and to develop in, in sexuality with myself and with the world in a, in a new culture. So I also recommend that to, to, to really start noticing the ecstasy in your life and all of the bodies. Okay, thank you for being here and for having your questions. Does anyone want to say anything else before we end? Thank you. Go, go, go. No, you go. Okay, thank you for that explore, exploration, Vera. And I noticed in this last sentences you spoke that there's really something in me or I, I want to live an ecstatic life. Like I, I want to do that. I don't want to live a dry life. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for taking a stand for juiciness in your life. Thank you. I, I wanted to leave with a with a statement of because when I was sharing and afterwards I heard um, I heard Jeff and also you and there was some some talking about judgment and against mothers and I want to I want to leave this space with a statement and this what I was sharing was not coming out of judgment and and whatever story I created it is it is like it is a blissful experience of research to to research about sexuality and boundary, what I got from it. Yes, it is, it is noted. I, it's, it's impossible to not, it's not impossible, but it's uh, very difficult to make, to not make any stories and stories have a use. And so I want to send you good luck on your research. And, and I hope you really do the start mapping even more where your sexual energy is in the physical body and, and start activating it because also the i think the, the the boxes here are very much these boxes of like doing it right and and this can really kill juiciness and so this was one of my paths to get out of this robotic doing everything right and flawlessly and it was yeah to bring more juice will you do that marcus will you start noticing more of the ecstasies in all your bodies i will say i will not stop great <laughs> super all right see you maybe in two weeks i will continue this exploration Thank you, Aaron. See you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.